I've always been the one who's like shamed for being like the happy one or like the out there one or like the Mm -hmm. crazy, like crazy one, right? Too loud. I've always been told you're too loud. You're too wild. Tone Hello, you have reached the Wild Woman Hotline, a place for soul-aligned entrepreneurs like you to listen in on high-vibe, consciousness-expanding conversations for leveling up your leadership and bringing your vision for big impact and big income to life. On this show, you'll hear from experts in the world of branding, marketing, copywriting, fashion and style, photography, personal development, spirituality, and so much more. I believe the world needs more leaders like you. And the Wild Woman Hotline is a place to feed your soul and fuel your brand so you become the Soul Align CEO you were born to be. Now let's dive into this week's value-packed episode. Okay, babes, today we are talking all about being an entrepreneur who isn't afraid of saying and doing controversial things with the one and only Margie Pargie. In this episode, we talk all about how you can learn to boldly pave your own path as a leader in the online space. Margie is a world-renowned transformational life coach that specializes in orgasmic manifestation to help women create financial freedom and deeply fulfilling relationships. After traveling the world nomadically for five years, she landed down in Maui, ooh, Maui, wowie, and is living her dream life with her partner, building a sustainable off-grid community for new earth leaders. I visited her and her partner in Maui a couple of months ago, and it is just as epic as it sounds, you guys. I know you're going to love this interview with Margie, so let's go ahead and dive on in. All right, girl, are you aware that we are talking about four out of the top, like, seven most controversial topics in this episode today. (laughs) In your in your work as a life coach and as basically a relationship coach, you talk about fulfilling relationships, you talk about money, you talk about sexuality, you talk about spirituality, you talk about psychedelics, like you talk about all these things that people are told not to talk about. So which element like came into your life? And then when did you bring it into your business? Like, how did you get started with this whole rebel woman? vibe you got going on (laughs) let's see i think it it really got controversial when i found orgasmic manifestation Mm -hmm. to to receive money and that's when when i first found that i started like really realizing how personal relationships affect how we make money Mm -hmm. and my my he was like kind of my boyfriend or something whatever that was for a long time off and on he basically like went and got with my best friend and so I did like these lives like really controversial like titles like I said like um am I a lesbian or something Mm -hmm. like that Mm -hmm. and I had like a 30k launch in a week from just doing these controversial lives, talking about orgasmic manifestation, am I a lesbian? Talking about like my whole journey with them, like just openly talking about them. Like, I was just like, I don't care. Like, I'm going to tell what my side of the story is. 
and people loved it. Like so many people came out of the woodwork that they, their, their guy or their woman left them for their best friend. And I was just like, yeah, that's crazy. And it just goes to show like the more unapologetic that you can be, the more permission you're giving people who have the same question on their mind or who feel the same way or who have that same personality trait, you're giving them permission to own and express that part of themselves. Yeah. It's such a beautiful gift. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. People need that permission, especially these days. Mm-hmm. So what was going on internally when you were having that experience and like, I can't imagine the heartbreak and the anger and the frustration and the emotional landscape internally that was going on during that experience. How did you get from being in that place to then being somebody that was speaking up and sharing your experiences and using it as a form of leadership? Mm, So I basically went over because they both lived next door to me, but in separate places. And so I went to her house with a knife and I threatened (laughs) them. Then I was like, that's not a good idea. So I went back without the knife and I confronted both of them and told them exactly how I felt and why I'm making money. And they're just kind of like, can't get their shit off the ground. Mm -hmm. And if they want to be together, fine. I'm moving to Belize. Mm -hmm. And I also like had a date with like a, a professional baseball player that night. So I made sure to be really loud so there was a lot of anger going on, a lot of like yep. need to like mm-hmm. show them who's boss here. Mm-hmm. And yeah, could have definitely handled that with a lot more grace. Um, I mean, can't we handle most traumatic things in our life differently? But like your heart was fucking smashed into a million pieces. So your mind was like, okay, well, we're gonna, we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna be real aggressive and we're gonna have really loud sex to prove a point. <laughs> so, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> I, I ended up scaring them so much that they went home to their parents' house and they gave me like the neighborhood until I left for Belize, which was mm-hmm. really nice. <laughs> I've done some crazy shit too. So like, I, I, I'm right there with you, man. We're like, emotional. I moved in here first. Like, yeah. um, but yeah, so from there, I'd say like instantly when I made my first orgasmic manifestation video right then, like in the midst of all that, it got picked up by Boss Babe magazine and went viral on YouTube. Jesus, that's crazy. Oh, so I'd say I like just was like meant to be an orgasmic manifestation expert. So were you already practicing and talking about orgasmic manifestation when this happened? No, I literally had just found it. And I was like, wait, I've been doing this my whole life. Like, oh my God. I've, cause I've always been such a like sexual person and Mm -hmm. I've always been the one who's like shamed for being like the happy one or like the out there one or like the Mm -hmm. crazy like crazy one right too loud I've always been told you're too loud you're too wild tone it down I'm like I can't keep this in a bottle because if I do I will implode and it will not be good yeah no I get you that does not feel good to implode Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah um yeah so I was like just kind of 
I think because I had been teaching like breath work and journaling and meditation for mm. probably three years and I was doing it like every single day religiously like I would like I remember I went I would like just be like at the grocery store and I would talk to someone and I would like teach them ego eradicator like I would tell everyone about this like breath work and it was changing so many people's lives Mm -hmm. and I was like this is the thing that like raises our vibration and like when we're in that high vibration we just magnetize things so um it was definitely like a funny kind of like it was hard for me to explain at first like I was like yeah just like masturbate and like imagine your PayPal going off like I was very like just kind of throwing shit at the wall at first Mm -hmm. and then I really now I understand the science and really like a deeper level of it but yeah it was it was that was like the middle of 2017. (laughs) That's crazy and like I'm super curious about specifically just that internal process of what's going on when you're in this incredibly painful state and it honestly it sounds like the way you describe it is that you just hit a point of being like you know what fuck it fuck it i'm doing me because things happen in your life and they can hold you back or you can take that step forward and be empowered and do whatever you want to do so it's like painful things are going to happen whether i'm being 100 myself or not so fuck it i'm just gonna do me that's kind of what it sounds like as you're describing yes. it is that what was going on internally absolutely yeah yeah i i think a lot of people approach that point in their life where they are playing by the rules and they're doing things in a way that they think is quote unquote safe. And they're trying to, in some ways, gain the approval of those around them. I've been in that position so many times in my life where I'm trying to make sure my family's happy. I'm trying to make sure my partner's happy. I'm trying to make sure my friends are happy. I'm trying to be as PC as possible to people please and fit in a box of other people's like, what's it called? Comfort zones, basically. Yeah, I'm trying not to push their comfort zone. And then you hit a point where something traumatically painful happens. And you're just like, you know what, this is my life. This is my fucking life. It's too short. And I have all of this built up inspiration and creativity and passion and energy and just raw leadership inside of me. And I'm done. I'm done hiding. And it kind of sounds like that's what happened. <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah, yeah so it's when- funny because people pleasing has been a huge theme inside my mastermind this week, last week, and really doing the work myself around how that shows up and why that shows up and like the, the things to get past that. Mm-hmm. We want to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think like yeah. there's never enough information on how to let go of keeping yourself small to keep other people comfortable. Like as women, we need these conversations. So absolutely, let's go for it. Yeah, so it's funny that you say women because it it comes from the mother wound. Mm -hmm. And so I had this really deep conversation with my mom a couple of weeks ago for like two hours where she was like, Marge, like you, I wanted to have this conversation about your childhood and all the experiences about everything and me and your father for 10 years. And you've basically like told me no every time. And she's like, so I'm so happy that you're open to like talking about it now. And I was like, no, you were the one, (laughs) 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 but it's really my, my father was like, um, 
you know, a closet alcoholic and mm-hmm. he would like rage and mm-hmm. he was always like, a t- he would more go after my brother or like verbally after my mom. And so I just, my whole life was shown the feminine has to cave to the demands of men and mm-hmm. can't stick up for herself, isn't empowered, doesn't like, just has to like cave basically. And so I went back and I did this whole like soul retrieval meditation on like who I was in a past life. And I was a queen. And of course um, <laughs> you were, of course you were. Oh my God. That's perfect. It's literally like a queen Margaret of the 1300s. Like it literally showed me it was like 1300s. I was like, Oh, and this queen, even like her husband, like would like have to be like, do other things and was like busy with other stuff. So she would take the role of the King. And so Mm. I always tell Devin, I'm like, I'm like a man, like literally what's it like to date a man? Like, he's like, Oh my God. (laughs) He's like, how do I set up systems and structures for this? And I'm like, I got you, baby. Uh huh. Yep. yeah. And so then I, then I really rewired what it would have been if my parents would have given me more love, more physical mm-hmm. touch, more intimacy, if we were meditating and journaling and like eating healthy and going to yoga together. And I was able to really see like, and rewire those parts that people pleased. And mm-hmm. from that, me and Deb have been going back and forth between like, our main thing is like, if I get triggered, he basically, it's not like he gets triggered. He's just like honest and vulnerable about how that makes him feel. And if he's shaken, he'll bring that to me while I'm triggered. And so what that has done is like made me run away. And I'm like, you can't hold space. Like if you're feeling triggered, like I can't bring anything to you. Mm -hmm. And so I think it was like Thursday night. I literally was like, if you want me to be open and honest and like not cave to your demands and like be the queen that I am, like you need to stand fucking strong in your confidence, even when I'm all over the place. And like, I don't fucking need to hear what's going on inside of you when I'm triggered. Like, mm-hmm. sorry, like I love you. And like, I, I care about you and I love you. But like, I really need you to lead and stand in that masculine presence and confidence. And he just like, was like, I had never seen the look on his face before. He was just like, just blank stare. And I was like, okay. And then he like got off the phone and then he called me back five minutes later. And he's like, so I love you. Thank you for witnessing me in this up level and this growth. And I want to take you on this date and I want to do this for you. And I want to do this for you. And I want to eat your pussy more. And I want to do this. And I want to do that. <laughs> and I was like, oh, so I just need to fucking stand up for myself and like tell it like it fucking is mm-hmm. and like be the boss queen that I am. And a real man is going to respect us and stand up and be like, okay, bow down. I'm going to give you everything you want now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A man embodied in his divine masculine will do that and i want to highlight for people listening that may not be in that type of a situation where they can have those type of conversations with their partner it doesn't mean that your partner's incapable 
you have to put yourself out there and try. But also I know your story and I know that you have been through relationships where you weren't able to communicate that way with your partner. And they gave two oh. shits if you felt yeah. like a queen or not. So yeah. you've been through it in terms of learning how to let go of people pleasing and assert yourself and what you want and communicate in a way that lands. So it's like, you've learned this skill set, and like, what, what helped you to figure out how to embody the highest version of yourself in a relationship and communicate? Cause I know you do so much of this with your work. Yeah. So I think the number one thing is just putting yourself first. Like so much of stuff is like, go like, you know, please your man or, you know, we're here to serve. And even, oh my God, the religious stuff. I was looking at a oh. page and it was like praising their mother for putting everyone else first, literally in those words. And it was like a quote from the Bible. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, yo, that's not something to praise anyone. Like it makes me so infuriated mm -hmm. because a woman who actually just puts herself first can show up. She doesn't run herself ragged. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, a lot. I mean, like Devin very much wants to be so close to me all the time and wants to live together and wants to just literally be next to me every second of his life. And I'm like, that's not going to work. And just, and I'm so magnetically pulled to him. And of course I want that. Mm -hmm. But like when we create our own separate lives, that's really when the magic happens. And when because we have a safe word. When shit starts to hit the fan, we just say, I say, I'm usually the one that says space. And I just walk away for like 10 minutes and I get my journal and I write what's going on. And I able, I'm able to come back without getting triggered on him. Mm -hmm. And then, and if I am triggered, he can hold space or vice versa. Mm -hmm. And it's really about being able to keep your cool, like to respond instead of react in the relationship. Yes that's literally everything is can we keep that inner peace when someone else is bringing something to us or when we're bringing something to them? Yes. So freaking important. And you said so much that can apply to the context of showing up online and being that vulnerable too, though, because everything yeah. you just talked about, you're in relationship with social media. Like you are. Yeah. You yep. are, and you can, re you can respond or you can react when you share something and you, maybe you face criticism. Maybe people judge you. Maybe you get negativity thrown your way. Maybe there's like a slew of trolls that crawl out of the hole and find you. Like there's a lot of painful things that can happen online and people don't talk enough about how to deal with that internally so that you can show up unapologetically and stand for yourself and speak up for yourself and share what you believe. Cause that's the thing that's going to set you apart as a leader. You know, yep. unfortunately, there's so many people that share the expertise that you have, but nobody is going to tell their story and share the expertise in the way that you do. So you have to amplify who you are, but that's scary for a lot of people. So can we talk about like how to apply those tools that you use in relationship to how you show up online? Because I'm sure there's a lot of crossover. Our intimate relationships are a mirror for our client relationships mm -hmm. and a lot of times what I find is we have a certain level of worth in each and we have to grow one in order to grow the other. Mm -hmm. And so whichever one you're more naturally worthy of is the one you want to start with. And so for me, it was social media. It was not the intimate relationship. So I focused on, yeah, being online and just 
imagining that I'm talking to myself, literally, like I'm just talking to myself in my journal, in my room. And I, and I was faced with a lot of judgment and criticism, like the aerial yoga world slandered me to the moon and back. They left over a hundred hate comments on a video that I did. Telling me the worst one was that they hope I fall on my head and die. Oh my God. Yeah. And that's within your community. Yeah. This was like, so what I did is I had a seven day aerial challenge, which I had, it had been so led to do this for like a year and I had finally put it together. I was so excited. And there's like, I was in all these aerial groups on Facebook. And so I was just sharing them out real quick. I was like getting on like a private plane. Like, I was like, I got to get this out. And, <laughs> and I, I accidentally saved it. Or I didn't, maybe I didn't accidentally, but I shared it to this aerial safety group. And this group is like the police of the circus world. Like mm-hmm. if you don't have the proper mats and I, and I totally think everyone needs to be safe in aerial, of course. Like I talk about that all throughout my trainings, but we didn't have, like, we were like so close to each other. We were kind of like hitting each other and laughing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the comments were about like, you don't take this sport seriously and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, would I help women be happy and do aerial? Like, so it was like it was crazy and Mm -hmm. I just I was I went to this like retreat for like spiritual entrepreneurs with Forbes and I wake up and there's this woman who she's also runs a big circus kind of aerial huge business and I go up to her and tell her what's going on she goes so what does that have to do with you Mm -hmm. and I was like She's like, you're going to let that get in the way of this fucking epic private island that we're on. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no. She was like, exactly. And I just didn't do anything. I delete. They had like all commented on my Facebook. So I just deleted that video and I kept it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. It ended up still going viral. I had the most signups I've ever gotten. I had people for years be like, I'm so glad I found you from that aerial safety group. Like I didn't care. I was like, who is this chick? Like they did not play into all the drama. Yes. And then that specific video was in a commercial on the Grammys. Yes. See, yes. this is the power of being a rebel, you guys. I just want to stand on my soapbox for my glittery pink soapbox for a real <laughs> hot second. And that being a rebel has such a bad rap because people look at you as just being this asshole that just wants to do your own thing and disregard the rules and cause trouble. That's not what being a rebel is. Being a rebel is looking at something through a unique lens and being able to innovate to create something that doesn't currently exist. Are you breaking the rules? Yeah, absolutely. But you're innovating. So all of the content you created by quote unquote, breaking the rules that the security, whatever team had created to keep people in a plastic bubble, you created content in the middle of the desert. You were, you know, standing on top of a freaking SUV driving through the desert, like doing really cool stuff that just shows you like the power of being a creative and the power of following your own path. And because of that, you attracted people that were like, I hate the fucking rules. They're keeping me in a box. I have so many ideas, but I can't act on them because of these rules. So you're like, well, we're getting rid of the rules. No more rules. (laughs) No one was injured in the making of that video. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah, and look where it took you. Hey, boo-boo. Pausing the episode to take a quick sec and just check in to see how you're enjoying the show. You may not know this, but I produce the Wild Woman Hotline by myself, and I do it because I love providing valuable content for free so women like you can learn how to show up unapologetically in your personal brand and ultimately get paid to be yourself. If you'd like to show some love and support me in continuing to produce this show, please take a second, snap a screenshot and share it on your Instagram stories and make sure to tag me at T-R-I-S-T-A-N underscore T-H-I-B-O-D-E-A-U underscore at Tristan underscore Thibodeau underscore as you're listening to this week's episode. That way I can say hi, send you some love, and share it in my stories too. This is how the show gets into the hands of more people who need it so we can all live in a world where women no longer have to hide the bigness of who they are. So thank you for listening, and now let's get back to this episode. Did you consider for a second when you first got started that you would be doing things that, I don't know, I don't know how to say this, like that would be breaking the rules or that would upset people. Like, was that at all in your radar? What was the process like when you first got started doing these wild, crazy videos? Actually, I, when I got trained, it was with this man and he, um, he taught me how to make the aerial hammocks, how to teach it, how to run the studio. And I was like the marketing person of the studio Mm -hmm. and he was not treating me nicely. And so I started my own studio Mm -hmm. and he was so mad. He was so angry. He was like, you can't steal my hammock design. I'm going to sue you. Like, and so it definitely started out with like, oh shit, I need to like be careful or something. And then I was Mm -hmm. like, wait, he doesn't own aerial yoga. Like, and I literally, in my mind, I was like, I'm going to fucking pioneer aerial yoga. Like he didn't make it up. Like I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it was very much the circus world in general is already kind of one of those places that's like yoga where yo, I mean, it's been, we won't even compare to yoga. Actually, it's, it's very like, all the moves are meant to be kept like secret because it's supposed to be passed down by like generational families of the circus. And so I grew up in Sarasota where it's the eighth generation of the Ringling Brothers Circus. And I was friends with this guy, Blake, who's literally trained the animals tightrope walker. Like he's like, of course you like piss them all off because like you, you're not part of the family. Like you Mm -hmm. didn't really invent this and you're going out and you're making a name and basically like stealing it or whatever. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. Nobody made this up. Like Mm -hmm. I made up my own version of it. And after that one training, I never did another training. I never really even did anything. I just would like sit in my room and make shit up. You were facing all of this backlash when you went out and did your own thing. And I'm like, I want to be able to, I want people to hear what was going on internally when you're getting avalanched with other people's shit. And you're like, it doesn't matter, Margie, you're going to do this. Like, what was that process like for you internally? What what was your self-talk like during that time? 
Mm, it was very much like, like, like scared, but I'm going to do it anyway. Like scared. I'm going to run into them scared. I'm going to, they're going to like find out. And then you just, then I just got to a point where I was like, and like, what the fuck else am I going to do? Like, I don't have time to worry about what they're going to do or how they're going to react. And I remember he like backed down after like, cause I like changed the hammock design a little bit and like, was like, okay, well I'll just, I'll just do, I'll just take his unique design and make it more like how everyone else does it and just go after it because spirit was dropping in like for me to become the aerial yoga superstar. Like it wasn't, it wasn't just some cool idea that was going to make me famous and make me rich. Like it was like spirit was like, you have to do this. Like Mm -hmm. there's no not doing it It was Mm -hmm. really my mindset. That's amazing. What was, what was the, like, what were you trying to bring into the lives of people that encountered your content or took one of your trainings or came to a class of yours? Like, what were you trying to create for those people? So it was called embrace your truth and fly. Mm -hmm. And so I just really wanted people to get in touch with their inner guidance. Mm -hmm. I would channel my classes. Like I would literally walk in with no idea what I was doing. And people would always have these emotional breakdowns in my class and cry and come up to me later and be like, oh my gosh, like I forgave my father after 20 years. And I'm like, sweet. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Like, okay. Yeah. Terrified of public speaking before I started teaching yoga. Like Mm -hmm. I remember my first class, like I was so nervous. I had like sweat stains, like down to my like knees. Like I was just like, how just get them in the hammock. So they don't have to look at me. Like keep them all in like downward facing. Keep them distracted. Yeah. So I don't see my pit stains. <laughs> Literally. I was so scared. And then afterwards, like I had like my whole class was full. There were people waiting to do another class. Wow. And I knew from there when the people came up to me and cried and hugged me in my first class that I was like, this is what I meant to do. <laughs> wow. That's so freaking beautiful. <laughs> and what I'm hearing as you're talking is you were scared to your core, but the vision that you had for the impact that this work was going to make on the people that you worked with was stronger and more compelling than the fear was. So even though the fear was super freaking strong, you chose to follow the vision rather than follow the fear. And that's, that's a theme that so many powerful women live their life by. And like, I've surrounded myself to transform my own life with powerful women in the last three to five years for that reason, because I noticed that, that everybody's afraid. There's not a person in the world that isn't afraid. So if you look at somebody online and you're like, oh my God, they're so confident. How do they do that? They're probably terrified, but the vision is compelling them stronger than the fear is. And that's what I'm hearing as you speak. Yeah, absolutely. So you're, you're running this yoga studio, you're doing the thing, you're breaking rules. And I imagine you're starting to make a pretty decent living, like starting to make a bunch of money. So I want to talk about when you started making a lot of money in your business and I love that you're completely unapologetic about talking about being a wealthy woman and opulence and having abundance at your fingertips. And it's so refreshing because there's such a stigma 
in the space of social media, especially as entrepreneurs, that flashing your wealth is somehow disgusting. Yeah. And I think the way that you do it is so empowering. And even if somebody were to flash, if there's somebody that loves abundance in the form of material things, I'm not here to judge, but a lot of people do. A lot of people think that's gross. And so I would love to talk about just like the stigma around being a wealthy woman and talking about how much money you make and not having any shame about it. Yeah. Um, I guess for me, I never really was scared to talk about how much money I made Mm -hmm. because I grew up in a family who always never had enough. Like we never had enough, even though we were like well off. I, when I got into the whole like online coaching, money coaching world, all these women were flaunting their money and how much money and how much sales they did. And so I didn't even think twice. Like I was like, oh, people have shame around sharing how much money they make. And I saw a post, um, Rachel Bell was talking about how money shaming is the new slut shaming. -shaming. Yep. (laughs) I was like, wow, I've been slut shamed a lot, Mm -hmm. but I wonder how many people money shame me behind my back Mm -hmm. because not like nobody in my life close to me has ever made as much money as me. Mm -hmm. And just recently in the last like month or two, I realized wow, maybe that's the weird feeling I've always gotten from all my friends. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. like, I'm no longer available for this. Like Mm -hmm. I like cleaned house the last couple months and I'm just like, I, I don't like the women who want to work with me and want to make money are not going to judge me for talking about how much money I make. And Mm -hmm. I think what it, what it really is, the service of talking about how much money we make as money coaches is it's the transparency and the honesty of where we're at so that people can know if they want that too. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy to just be like, Oh, I'm going to be jealous and like not be worthy of it. Mm-hmm. But that does no one a service. Mm-hmm. This is such a freaking loaded topic because there's so much, and I've heard it so many times, Margie, like in the coaching containers I've been in, the masterminds I've been in, like in the messaging back and forth, people talking about how so-and-so is talking about her cars or how much money she invested or how much they profited that much, how much the business brought in and talking about it as if they're talking about like the man that they just banged last night or something like it's the most shameful thing in the world like neither of those things are shameful to begin with but it's amazing to me the mindset people have around wealth and around money and it's not shocking because for a long time i had the worst sense of like wealth consciousness. I had zero wealth consciousness is a better way to say that. I was always afraid of not having enough. I would, I would steal, I would do shitty things. I would, you know, anything to just get by when in reality, I've never been without. So for me to see somebody, you know, for me personally to see somebody that built something from nothing, I'm like, holy fucking shit, look at her go. It's motivating for me. So I have a hard time understanding why it's disempowering for other people and why they want to talk shit about it. I've just never really gotten that. Yeah. So it, well, it's an unworthiness thing. Mm -hmm. Like I hear a lot of women talk about, um, 
or I don't know about a lot of women, but I've seen this meme going around about it's like no inheritance, no help. Oh my God. And I'm like, yo, what's wrong with inheriting money? Mm. Like, and I and fucking pulled myself up from, I did it all myself. I'm an independent woman. It's like, dude, are you exhausted? I'm exhausted listening to you. Like, yeah. <laughs> for yeah. Real. I'm so over that feminist shit. And I think inheritance is a feminine way of making money. Mm-hmm. Business is a masculine way of m- making money. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we, and I actually, I think we talked about it on your last podcast, mm-hmm. how annoyed I was of the Botox and the, the cars and the designer bags. Mm-hmm. And I've had a, I've had a whole transformation around that since then, okay. I realized what happened was I was hating on their way of expressing themselves because I didn't understand my way of expressing wealth because that is not how I express it. Like, Interesting. I, I think that it's terrible for the earth. Again, don't need to shame them for that just because they're doing that. And that's terrible for the earth. Okay. So I can advocate for the earth and use sustainable fashion. The fashion um, industry is what you're talking about. That was going to be my, yeah. I figured you were talking about the fashion industry. Yeah. yeah. But it definitely was like, it was blocking my ability to see that I'm worth having these a multi-million dollar business like these women. Like I was not able to see past that and who they actually are and the vibration that they were holding. Mm-hmm. And I was shaming it because I was like, this is giving people the wrong like idea and materialism and all that shit. And while I still believe all that, mm-hmm. there's no reason to shame them for it. And what I found with the cure for that was to really look at why does designer do so well? Why is it that people pay so much for designer bags? Mm -hmm. And it's because of the exclusivity of it. Mm -hmm. And so there's also a lot of people who are like inclusion, everyone needs to belong. And I'm going to challenge that and say that when we are stepping up and creating something that no one's created before, and it's something that's high end and luxurious, there's going to be way less people that are going to be interested in that. Mm-hmm. And so when we can speak to that exclusivity and that like difference, then we can stand out and we can have a brand that's truly one of a kind and people will pay top dollar for that. Mm-hmm. And so there's that part of it. And then also that like owning that who I am and the way, like the way that my new manager and I were talking about it, she's like, you're like the millionaire next door. Like, mm-hmm. like no one knows you have it, but like you, you, there's something about when they meet you, they know. Mm-hmm. And it's like, the natural beauty of the earth is like how you embody that. And so it's like finding our unique way of how we embody wealth mm-hmm. is we can stop like shaming other people for their expression of wealth when mm-hmm. we can actually own it within ourselves, how we express it. Yeah. Freaking mic drop, dude, for real, because that's <laughs> so and this is something that is not talked about. It's and it, I think personally, it needs to be included in every single business coaching container. Any sort of training is creating your own perspective of what abundance is for you and releasing attachment to it looking different from other people's form of abundance. Yeah. It's so 
important because that is what drives us. Mm -hmm. We're driven to create more in our life, more abundance of whatever it is to call in more, to use our creative forces to create more abundance in our life. So if you're shaming somebody else's form of abundance, even though it's not abundance to you, you're still shaming abundance in general, which means you're not going to be able to call that in as strongly as you could if you released that attachment to what their form of abundance looks like. Exactly. Yeah. So letting go of, yeah, I'm not a hugely material person. I want to be able to travel a bunch. That's what I want to do with my abundance. I want to see the world. To me, if I'm on my deathbed and I've seen the world and I've been able to give back and I've been able to do crazy adventurous things with my life, I will be happy. Exactly. I will be happy. Yeah. 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 And in the meantime, I also really love personal expression through fashion and style, but I love the earth too. So I'm a thrifty bitch. I hit up every thrift store. I do everything I can to upcycle things because, and it it, it matters to me to talk about this because there's always a way to enjoy and take care of your resources and take care of the planet. And this is my way of enjoying, right? But it's so important to have these types of conversations about money and about abundance and letting go of any sort of stigma or shame around it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of also mental health things and stuff like that talk about shopping as an addiction. Mm -hmm. And there was a huge shame for me around that because I was like, oh, I'm just shopping to like, because that's what I used to do. Like, well, I used to have my craft business. And so actually shopping was the thing that would help my creativity. And I brought that, like I, we went for uh, Valentine's day and his birthday, we went shopping and I was like, and we never really go shopping. Like he's not a shopping person. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I was like, I love this. I love bringing you along shopping. I love dressing you and buying you clothes and like us expressing each our, our, our relationship together Mm -hmm. in our fashion and he's like, yeah, this is so fun. And I was like, is, is this bad? Do you want to do this? And he's like, no, you don't need to feel bad at all about shopping. And I was like, oh, I don't. And he's like, there's nothing wrong with like shopping. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so that's kind of where it started for me. I was like, oh, this isn't, this isn't bad. Like, this is totally like good. <laughs> yes. I love that so much. And, <laughs> and and to be completely honest, I felt really bad for the longest time. I didn't buy myself anything for years, for years. And I wasn't dressing in a way that felt like me. I wasn't presenting myself to the world in a way that felt like me because I had so much shame around spending money because I thought materialism was like selfish. Exactly. I thought it was the most like egotistical, selfish thing in the world. But the more I have let go of that and the more I have stepped back into, you know what? I fucking love makeup. I love doing my hair. I love buying fun clothes because it's an expression of who I am on the inside. So I get to basically yes. turn I get to turn my personality inside out so you can see all the wild craziness that goes on inside. And I yes. get to walk around all day long as this little avatar of whatever personality I'm feeling like that day. And I love it. And it brings me so much joy. And being able to let go of that has brought me so much freedom in my brand to show up as who I am and show the world 
different pieces of my personality and all the different facets of who I am. So I absolutely love that Devin's like, no, it's fine. Go shop. Like this is, this is fun. <laughs> right. It's amazing. Oh my yeah. gosh. This has been freaking epic. We, we talked, okay. So we talked about sexuality. We talked about being a rule breaker. We talked about money. We talked about the worst things that have happened to you online in terms of people attacking you and how you dealt with that in the mindset. Is there anything else that you want to share or talk about in relationship to just showing up as the most like organically authentic version of yourself and not letting anything hold you back? Mm. I think more than anything, really getting to the root of what the little you wanted Mm -hmm. and where the little inner child was jaded and wounded and traumatized. And when we do that work, we literally just change our inner wiring and we are who we really are. Mm -hmm. And so if we can only focus on who we truly are, which is born a queen, Mm-hmm. If we only focus on that and being that, and we let go of all the fucking to-do lists and all the shit we have to do, literally everything will happen. Everything will work out. Everything will happen. And it may not be in the timing that we expected, and it may not taste like we hoped, mm-hmm. but it will all work out and it will all happen. That's literally all we need to focus on. Beautiful. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Last question. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So everybody listening, there is something super special coming your way. It is a quiz that is going to help you identify what type of rebel you are. There are five main personality types of rebel that I have identified from years of observing entrepreneurs and and just boss women. And so I'd love to talk about what you are because you took the quiz, you shared your results with me. So I know what you are, but what type are you and do you feel like it fits? Yeah. Yeah. I'm the boss, the boss bitch diva. Yeah. The queen. Yep. So yeah. So it's the baddie, AKA the queen boss bitch diva. Yeah. Yes. I feel like it was a close two between that and the sensual one. Mm -hmm. Um, but that is definitely me. And it's definitely like a phase I'm going through that it's very deeply happening where I'm just really standing up for myself, my boundaries, growing my business. Yeah, that's definitely me. <laughs> like my mastermind is the queen circle. And yep. it's, it's that's the only thing is to just be the queen. Be the queen and the world will respond. All right, you heard the woman, be the queen and the world will respond. If you wanna find out if you are also the queen archetype like Margie, then you need to take the rebel archetype quiz, which allows you to learn what type of rule breaker you are and how you can use your rebellious energy to pave your own path and create an epic life and business for yourself. So the link to the quiz, is in the show notes, it is bolded, it is capitalized, so you literally cannot miss it. And once you get your results, girl, don't keep them to yourself, I wanna see. So take a screenshot and share your results on your Instagram stories and tag me at Tristan underscore Thibodeau underscore so I can share your results with the rest of the wild woman tribe. 
If you want to connect with Margie after listening to her epic interview, well, you can find her on Instagram too, which is at XX underscore Margie. You can also find her on YouTube at Margie Pargy, or you can look her up on her website, which is MargiePargy.com. There is also a special link in the show notes where you can get 90% off of her Wealth Goddess Masterclass. Holy moly, what a discount. And this also comes with a one-on-one session. That's all I have for you in this week's episode. I love you. I know you're made to kick ass in your life and business. And remember, everyone loves a rebel and it pays to break the rules. <laughs>